0: from the DraftKings Sportsbook and Wild Rose Studio. This is Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. And
1: now on 106.3 FM. The PSAs you hear on Miller & Condon and iHeartMedia Des Moines are presented in part by Nick Mick. We take care of our own. Now, here's Miller & Condon.
2: Thank you until noon, Rob Dosterfield is 68, coming up in about 20 minutes. Right now, the music means it's time for our friend David Kaplan from Chicago. It's his weekly appearance, Centurion Stone of Iowa sponsors NBC Sports Chicago, ESPN 1000. Hello, Capper, Trent and Ken, how are you? Trent and Ken, what's going on, boys? How we doing? Doing well. Cap, Let's uh, start with uh, Loyola and Porter Moser. I know you had him uh, on, on your show earlier in the week. Um, The day after uh, the Illinois-Loyola-Chicago game, how big of a talker in a professional sports town was that basketball game?
0: Oh, that was big. I mean, as I've always told you, we're not a huge college town. I mean, college football does not move the needle, not even one iota. Like, no, we never talk college football. And the station we compete with? They talk less than we do. (laughs) We do a show on Saturdays. Uh, My partner, Jonathan Hood, Chris Black, and Adam Abdallah do a college tailgate because we carry Notre Dame. But come Monday through Friday, zero college football talk. College basketball, very small amount. I mean, teeny tiny. This is a pro town. But that game got people excited.
3: Good to see. And after the run to the Final Four three years ago now. It's incredible. Yet, in Chicago, is there ever a place for that to be even a bigger deal? And for them... To be Chicago's team. Northwestern, yeah, had their run, but very difficult. And Evanston, just different, too. The placement of Loyola, I, I hear the stories about DePaul back in the 70s and 80s, and I remember watching the games in the 80s on WGN, and what a big deal that was. Could Loyola get to a spot even close, even just scratch out a little bit of a place on the daily basis during the wintertime? Zero chance. <laughs> Zero chance. They can win it.
0: The- Zero. They could literally win the national title in zero. No. I just don't see a scenario how that happens. This this is just not a college town. You know. Like when we have the NCA Final Four, we have the tournament. We talk about it, but I mean, if they won it, it would be a story for a couple of days and then we'd go right back to oh it's baseball season. Hmm. Or what are the are the Bulls in the playoffs or the Blackhawks in the playoffs? No, unfortunately, no. That's just a fact.
2: Cap, let's get to baseball a week from uh, tomorrow, opening day. So we'll get you on the the day before uh, opening day. We'll uh, obviously talk about the two needle movers in the Windy City. And I want to start with the White Sox because uh, the, this, is, this is a team. Is expectations, Cap, is that what they're maybe not sure they're going to battle the Twins? But other than the Twins, might they be battling expectations as much as anything?
0: Uh, that's a really good question because, look, people got all upset when Tony LaRusso came in, and that was clear. You're talking about the White side, right. right? Yep, yep. So the people got really upset when Tony LaRusso was rumored to get the gig. I'll never forget the first day that Bob Nightingale tweeted it. People are like, "Yeah, that's ridiculous, Bob Nightingale. You're an idiot." And it turned out he's not because he's as good as it gets as a reporter. And then they hired him. Uh, And now people are starting to hear the players go, wow, this guy's awesome. This guy is a spectacular manager, and he's connected with his young players. Tim Anderson said, yeah, I had my concerns, but, yeah, he's been awesome. So I think people are now all in that they're going to win it. I can't tell you they're going to win the World Series. I can tell you they're going to have a hell of a baseball team. So, yeah, there's expectation, but I don't think people are going to be let down by this team, barring catastrophic injury.
3: Carlos Rodon, the uh, most newsy item of the White Sox here the last few days, gets the number five job in that rotation. A guy that's come a long way and a guy early in his career I thought had a chance to be a real good one. How about the story of Rodon and and back after being non-tender now as a fifth starter in this rotation?
0: Yeah, I mean, I'll believe it when I see it. He was a third overall pick. It just. Number five starter for them, but that's quite a come down for being the third overall pick. Where they said it was the best slider they'd ever scouted, and he's going to be the number one guy at the top of the rotation. I think those days have come and gone.
2: Uh, we saw Luis Robert uh, uh, just burst onto the scene last year in the abbreviated season, and the, and just the the tease that uh, watching him and seeing how good he can be, we reminded. Uh, he's only 23 years old, Cap, and his body of work is whatever. How many games he played? Fifty something games last year. What about an encore for him this year? What 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 should Luis Roby? Can he hit 30? Is it too much for him to to drive in 90? Are those realistic numbers? Are those too high?
0: Uh, he needs to have consistency. Remember last year, the first I don't know month of the shortened season, everyone's like. Boy, that guy, he's in the MVP discussion, let alone rookie of the year. And then he cratered. He struck out a lot. We need a consistent season from him. Thirty and ninety? Yeah, that he has the ability to absolutely do that. And he's just phenomenal defensively. Right. And I think that's where he's always gonna be consistent. You know, if you told me right now he's gonna hit two seventy with twenty five and Eighty knocked in. I'd
3: sign up for it in a second. Over to the Cubs, an offense that boy feels like it needs some retooling after last year. On base percentage, I know it was a big conversation with the squad a year ago. What has Anthony Iampasci done, the the hitting instructor? What have you heard during spring training to get this get this offense rev back up with the talent that still feels like they have?
0: You know, I've always believed that it's it was not really on. The hitting coaches, I mean, they tr- they got rid of John Maley, which I thought was a mistake at the time, and it's proven out to be that their offense from 2016 has never reappeared for a full season. So then they got rid of him, and they brought in Chili Davis. Well, the players didn't like Chili's old-school approach, so they got rid of him, and then they went to Anthony Iaposi. And the players love him. They really do. But, look, Chris Bryant has said multiple times, hey, I'm a professional hitter. I've won an MVP, a rookie of the year, minor league player of the year, college player of the year. I know when my mechanics are out of whack. I really don't need someone to tell me, your elbow's this, your knee is not that. He said, I could do it on my own. Now, he'll be respectful. He'll work with them. And they like this guy very, very much. I think he's a real good fit personality-wise with his hitters. But at some point, you know, I keep – Fans keep calling in, hey, man, we, we need a new pitching coach because of this. We need a new hitting coach because of that. It's not on the coach. Anthony Rizzo's 32 years of age. If he doesn't have a good season, it's not because they, they don't go to them and say, I want you to only hit this way. These guys are proven major league players. At some point, you either can do it or you can't. So I, he's a really good guy, Anthony Iposi. I love Tommy Haddovey, the pitching coach. His players really like him. But at some point, if Jake Arrieta has a bad year, it's not because we had a bad pitching coach. You know what I mean?
2: Yep, I'm with you. And, Cap, uh, let's stay on that pitching, the starting pitching.
0: Look, when I look at the
2: everyday lineup, I think they're going to score some runs. This is essentially the the same dudes, don't you?
0: Why? Well, tell me why. Why are they all of a sudden going to score runs? Because they got Jack Peterson and got rid of Kyle Schwartz. No, it's
2: not that. It's it's, I think Baez has got to have a bounce back year. Uh, We're seeing Contreras, uh, David Bodie. I don't know where he's going to play, but he's tearing it up in Arizona. I I think that they've got enough offense. Cap, I do, and I'm putting a lot on Baez' bounce back. uh, Admittedly, so. I think the biggest question mark is starting pitching. I get Hendricks. I think he's terrific. Um, Trevor Williams, I think, is going to bring something to that team. And for God's sakes, he pitched for the lowly Pittsburgh Pirates. Um, Might the starting pitching and might this team just be better than the offseason gloom and doomers thought that they were going to be? Now, I'm worried about Kimbrell. I'll give you that. But I think they might be better, Cap. Is my too optimistic?
0: Uh, I wouldn't say you're too optimistic because I've always believed that there's more talent there. Now, these guys have their back up against the wall because this is the last dance or the last Mm -hmm. product. Talk about what the Bulls used to talk about. This is it. Last year was, well. this is the last hurrah. No, not so much because we couldn't trade anybody for anything that we really wanted, so we are now going to have one more run at it. But then, Bryant, Baez, as we sit here today, Rizzo, Contreras, None of those guys are signed beyond this year except for Contreras. He's got one extra year because he came up later. But the other three core guys, they there is no obligation to them whatsoever. They can go wherever they want. So maybe in a walk year where they feel like, oh, boy, I'm not coming back here, I better put up big numbers, maybe. But, look, they weren't great offensively most of 17. They weren't great offensively most of 18. They weren't great offensively, most of 19. They scored one run and two home playoff losses in 20. Why should we believe that these guys are going to all of a sudden step up? And if you think back to about three weeks ago, Anthony Rizzo did a media session on Zoom, and someone asked him that exact question that you said almost word for word, and his response was, why should you believe in us? I wouldn't believe in us either if I were you. We have to go out and prove it. We've gone four years where we haven't been good enough. So that's my point. Why should I believe? I'm just going to sit back and watch and hope I'm surprised.
3: The crazy thing to me, Cap, when it, when I look at this roster and you know, the 30, 35 guys that will comprise it back and forth with Iowa, is you can make at least an argument for the offense. Bounce back years for um, former MVP and Chris Bryan and Baez. You can at least make that argument. The rotation has some names. I look at that bullpen. What's there to get excited about it? And even if you say what you saw from Rowan Wick a year ago, that's going to sustain, and Kimbrell's going to be that guy. The rest of the bullpen, help me out, because that thing might be the most concerning What I look at the roster.
0: Yeah, and I don't disagree with you, and yet David Ross was, no. look, I coach, you don't say things just to say them because it's going to blow up in your face. And the other day, he was emphatic. Hey, man, I have a really, really good bullpen. And I was like, really? You do? (laughs) He truly believes his pitching staff is vastly underrated. He thinks the rotation's going to be better than we're all giving them credit for. He thinks that the bullpen's going to be better. So just like the hitters, I am to the point that I'm going to sit back. I love baseball. I'm going to go to games on both sides of town. And I hope that both teams surprise the heck out of people with great storylines. Like I expect... Mancata and Giolito and a brave. I expect those guys to be really good, mm-hmm. Tim Anderson. Mm-hmm. I want to see, hey, man, Carlos Rodon really looked good, like you asked me a little while ago. That was great. Dylan Cease took the next step. Guess what? Alec Mills looks really good. Trevor Williams getting out of Pittsburgh and coming where he always wanted to pitch, Chicago. He looks really good. That would be awesome. I'll believe it when
2: I see it. Uh, David Kaplan is our guest in Cheering of Iowa. Cap, in our final couple of minutes, let's go to the Bears. Um, and look, the surprise is a word you just years, uh, used. It would surprise a lot of Bears fans if they draft the quarterback and that quarterback ends up being uh, the quarterback that they need him to be. What's the latest on the Bears? Uh, Deshaun Watts, I don't know how anybody can sign him, Cap. He clearly wanted out of Houston, but with what's going on in his life, I don't see how anybody can take that. That risk? Um, are they going to build through the draft? Is is Russell Wilson off the table for sure? What's going on with the quarterback with Chicago?
0: I mean, Andy Dalton met with all of us last week. It, his quote was, "I signed here because they told me I am the starter." So if that's the case, that sounds to me like they took their swing at Russell Wilson, and it didn't work. Now Schefter, Adam Schefter reported. The Russell Wilson stuff is definitely still in play, that they have not mended defenses. But if you're Chicago, would you go to Andy Dalton and go, hey, man, I know we told you you're the starter, but we didn't see this coming. I mean, how is that received in the room? I'm not sure exactly how they're going to rekindle those talks, and they got a lot of holes that they've got to fix. You know, you're sitting there with pick number 20. We all want him to draft a quarterback in the first round and trade up and get the guy that Matt wants, whoever that guy is, Mac Jones, Zach Wilson, whatever guy it is, pay the price and go get him. Well, you let Kyle Fuller go, who's your other cornerback? Not Desmond Trufant, who they just signed. I mean, that, he's a backup. It's, you got Kendall Vildor from a year ago in the fifth round. He's ready to go and be your number one corner along with Jalen Johnson. Not sure I believe in that. You let Akeem Hicks shop around for a deal. They couldn't get one done because he's getting older. So is Akeem, you're going to have to draft his replacement in a second. Uh, what are you going to do at linebacker? You need a little depth there. Is Robert Quinn, you know, you can't cut him, but is he going to get to the quarterback or do we have to get an edge rusher? Oh, by the way, we want to upgrade left tackle. So you need another wide receiver because they're trying to trade Anthony Miller. Like, they got so many holes, I don't
3: know how they fixed them all. So, sounds like 5-11 and 11 to me, Trent. Yeah, in perpetuity, here it is. This team just not well run. You look forward to the draft. What's more likely? The Bears draft a first-round quarterback, or they do make that big trade. By that point, maybe we'll have more news on Watson or Russell Wilson still there. What's more likely? First-round pick for the Bears at the quarterback position, or they do make another move?
0: You mean another move being like Russell Wilson? Yes. Move? Yep. Oh, I would say it's more likely that I don't know if they're gonna use their first round pick on a quarterback, but of those two scenarios you're presenting me, I think it's far more likely that they draft a quarterback and have him sit for a year like they should have done with Mitchell Trubisky, like the Packers did for multiple years with Aaron Rodgers, like they're doing with Jordan Love now and with the what the Chiefs did with Patrick Mahomes. I keep hearing people in this town. I was arguing with my friend Dan Wieter the other day, and he's like, if you draft a guy in the first round, he has got to play. No, not really. He does not have to play. Patrick Mahomes didn't play, and it wasn't like they had Joe Montana in his prime in front of him. It was Alex Smith, Mm -hmm. who's okay. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is there. They brought Jordan Love in, so that's the other extreme. But I'm just telling you, if you're the Bears and you draft Mac Jones. Why does he have to start on opening day? If you don't think he's ready to play, develop him for once. Develop a quarterback.
2: David Kaplan uh, joining us in Stone of Iowa. Cap, we will talk to you on the eve of opening day. Have a great week, Capper. Uh, you'll pick your picks will be up. I'm assuming on your Twitter account, the Capman Man. You had a big day, although I think you took Illinois, did you not? But you had a great day the day before.
0: Yeah, I didn't bet. We can't bet that right, in our state right, you right. cannot bet any Illinois teams. So I gave out four plays on my video. I went 4-0, and oh, and I had a big parlay going. I had a 16 parlay. I was 5-0, and oh, and they offer you a buyout on these sites now. Oh, your parlay pays X. We'll give you this right now. And I'm like, no, Iowa <laughs> is going to beat Oregon. And so I turned down. A really nice payout because I believed in my guy friend McCaffrey and they got their they just got steamrolled.
2: Indeed, they did, Cap. Indeed, they did.
0: Great stuff, Cap. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you.
2: See you, buddy. Good to talk to you. David Kaplan, Centurion Stone of Iowa sponsors Cappy Centurion Stone of Iowa. Iowa's best selection of stone veneer. Whether you're looking for manufactured or natural stone to accent or update your uh, your basement, fireplace, exterior, interior, doesn't matter. Centurion Stone of Iowa's got just what you need. Visit them online, com, or stop by the showroom, uh, 5525 Northeast 22nd Street in Des Moines, 5525 Northeast 22nd Street uh, in Des Moines. Uh, Trent, before we take our break and before we do our keyword... Mm-hmm. Uh, potentially some Iowa State news. Travis Hines uh, reporting at the Des Moines Register. Not a done deal. Uh, the leading candidate, or a leading candidate, to join uh, OTSA staff. Kyle Green, AJ's father. What does that mean? Well, or is this a couple of things? Ben Jacobson's looking around. Mm-hmm. I'm looking around. Right, absolutely. Uh, which I would, which is smart on his part. Mm-hmm. But I think the big shoe to drop would be
3: Kyle Green's son. No doubt. And, well, AJ is a hell of a player, but what does that mean? Well, I would assume on the front, though, this Travis Sines article says, AJ is seen as likely to remain with his hometown Panthers after spending three years with the program, following, of course, growing up in Cedar Falls. Uh-huh. I would be surprised by that. You'd be surprised if he stayed? I would. If if his dad takes the Iowa State job. It would be one thing if he was maybe maybe moving up to... A job, but way outside the area. He's moving sixty-five miles away. Right. He's going to Iowa State and an opportunity. AJ Green has NBA potential. Uh-huh. This is a six-four point guard that is on a lot of teams' radar mm-hmm. and certainly was before last season's Trent, injury. After last, after his freshman year, he submitted his name mm-hmm. for feedback. Went from through the, league. the process. Absolutely and got some workouts because of that. This is a guy that is on the radar. And now you get an opportunity to move up a level, mm-hmm. if you will, go from the MVC to playing in the Big 12 and have your dad be on the bench. I, If this comes to fruition, if Kyle Green does get an Iowa State assistant job, I would be surprised if A.J. doesn't go with him.
2: Boy, that would be a huge, huge coup for T.J. Otzelberger yes. and his Iowa State Cyclones. That would be a huge get.
3: If you look at ESPN.com right now, it has a list of the top transfers that are out there. I looked at that list just yesterday, but now throwing this together, if AJ Green became available, he would certainly be in the top twelve of the guys mm-hmm. that are listed currently, and maybe even higher than that. That that Gene, actually. Where did
2: you see that list?
3: It's ESPN.com. Is it? Yeah, is where I came across it. Is Car from Minnesota toward the top? He was, yeah, no. yeah. That's a Rob Doster question right there. I think. Well, you know what, Trent? Yeah. He's next.
2: How about that? Uh, KXNO wants to help double your stimulus. Win fourteen hundred dollars right now by texting the keyword bonus to two hundred-two hundred. That's bonus to two hundred-two hundred.
0: You'll get a confirmation text and info. Standard data and message rates apply in this nationwide contest. Rob
2: Doster Field of Sixty Eight. More college basketball conversation next. Miller and Condon with you until noon, fourteen sixty KXNO 106. Iowa.org.
3: Trent Condon here again for the Urology Center of Iowa. Well, the big bracket is here, but that doesn't mean you can't find sports on TV to watch after your vasectomy. We got baseball's opening day right around the corner. How about if you're a golf fan, that beautiful tournament in Augusta and the Urology Center of Iowa is taking appointments right now for vasectomies. Give them a call, 515-400-3550 or schedule online at iowauro.com. Vasectomies with the Urology Center of Iowa.
2: Hi, Miller and Condon. Welcome back to Moines Sports Station 1460 KX and 0106.3 on the FM dial. Rob Doster, Field of 68. My God, Trent, have they ever been pumping out the mm-hmm. content there, have they not? This is their wheelhouse, uh, <laughs> after all, of uh, a good time of the year, and I'm guessing Twitter followers are jumping on board. Rob Doster jumps on board with us. Rob, Trent, and Ken, as always, appreciate you finding some time uh, for your friends here in Des Moines. How you been?
1: I've been great, guys. It's, uh, it's been a little weird the last couple of days not having any college basketball to watch it uh, in the afternoon, but i uh, I'm surviving. Um, I think I'm going to be able to make it till
2: Saturday. That does not come. Yeah, it's. Uh, it seems like it's a long way off. So let, let's get into what we saw before we we get into what we think we might see. Obviously, the uh, uh, this, uh, the the upsets that we've seen so far in this tournament going into I think Monday. What was it? Trend dogs were 28 and 14 That's or the, something yeah. crazy like that. Uh, Rob, this has been an unpredictable tournament, and I think I speak for a lot of people. I'm all for it.
1: Yeah, it's been awesome. It's been unbelievable—the the upsets, the Cinderella runs, um, and mostly the fact that we still have Gonzaga and, and Baylor in the event because that's the that's the matchup that everybody wants to see. Uh, that's the game that will get the most hype. That would probably get the most attention if we ended up getting it in the national title game. So uh, that is absolutely what I am rooting for in this situation.
3: Going to be wild. You get the upsets, but you still got to blend. Three number one seeds are still alive here. You have the overall number one in Gonzaga. They're the favorite. They're still the betting favorite. How big is the gap after seeing these first couple of games, though, between the Zags and everybody else? It has has it increased, or has it got a little tighter?
1: Um, I think that it's in, it's it's probably increased. But I like I've 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 said all along that I think Baylor is going to win every single game that they play in this tournament by double digits and that I don't think anything's going to be close. I think that they are so far and away the best team in the country that they're, hmm. they're not going to get challenged. The only team I think that can compete with them is Baylor. But I mean, it's still, you know, just, I don't even know if Baylor can, yeah. you know, just the, the level of talent and ability on this Gonzaga roster. Like Everyone just thinks that it's this WCC mid-major and they're a fluke because they haven't won a title and they've only been to one final four and whatever. But like, this this team this team is ridiculous
2: Yeah, they 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 certainly are. Uh Reeves tried to Reeves did everything he could for Oklahoma uh the other day, but it wasn't enough and they pulled away to 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 cover in the end. So I want to talk about the Pac Twelve because I don't know, Rob, I mean you're on the East Coast. I know you've got the little kids. I don't know much if you're able to stay up and watch some of those games, but they've snuck up on so many people, and they certainly snuck up on a lot of Hawkeye fans, Oregon did anyways, uh, on Monday morning as they just routed the Hawks. But USC has been unbelievable in in this tournament. I mean, Oregon State for crying out loud. Colorado was in it for a while. Are you surprised by the Pac-12's run so far? Four teams, 25% of the Sweet 16 made up of Pac-12 schools.
1: The one that's really surprising to me is is USC. I mean, look, the, the Oregon State thing, I don't think anybody saw that coming, so I'm just chalking that one up as uh, as a miracle of March because we always get one or two of those um, during the, 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 the tournament. Uh, but the USC one, like I, I, I mean, I, I did not expect them to be as good as they are. When when Evan Mobley and Isaiah Mobley play the way that they did against Kansas on on Monday night, like they are they are a problem. Like they're good enough to maybe give Gonzaga, Gonzaga a run for their money um, if those two can play that way. Now uh, I don't know how their guards going to be able to match up with anyone and this matchup with Oregon is fascinating to me. But I mean, USC is very very real and very surprising. To answer your question about uh, Oregon. No, I wasn't surprised at all. Like that was I knew as soon as the brackets came out that was going to be a nightmare matchup for Iowa just because of the way that Oregon can space the floor and score from every position and, and uh they really they were uniquely suited uh to be able to take advantage of the fact that Luca Garza is not a great perimeter defender and is not a great rim protector and that Iowa does not have great uh uh perimeter defense. Like they they can't stop anybody off the bounce, so um a team that has, like, nine guys that are going to be between 6-4 and 6-6 that all basically want to do the same thing is always going to be mm-hmm. difficult for Iowa to match up with, especially on a night when they're not getting the, the three-point shooting. Like, the, the concern for me has always been um, when, you, when you're when you built around a, t- uh, a post player that gets twos on every possession um, and you give up threes on every possession, like, it, all of a sudden it becomes, uh, like, just a simple math game, right? And... And that's what it just came to. You. Like, Luca Garza got his. Uh, Oregon didn't let anybody else get going. They, they did the best they could one on one against Luca in the post, and they just would live with whatever happened. Uh, that worked. And, um, Iowa was able to stop him at the other end. So that's kind of, that, that was the, 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 the specific concern for Iowa heading into this tournament. And Oregon was able to take complete advantage of that. Uh, I don't think it takes away anything from what, uh, Iowa was this season, how special their year was, how good Luca Garza was. It was just, you know, it's all styles make fights. Like they mm-hmm. say, it's all about matchups. And this was just probably as as, as bad of a matchup you can get. I guess the team, like, honestly, they were underseeded uh, based off of how good they are. Now, they weren't underseeded based off of what they did this season because the, some of the losses that they had were just head scratching. They dealt with two different COVID shutdowns um, over the course of six weeks. They, they lost things coming out of those. Uh, they didn't have big wins as a result of it. They were injured at the start of the season. Um, but with everybody healthy, like that, that Oregon team is like a three seed. And Iowa got them in the second round. That's just luck of the draw.
3: And it has not gone the way of Iowa when it comes to luck of the draw now. Uh, going back, the last 16 tournaments, they have faced the best available seed every single time in every single round that they have played in. Not an upset in front of them has ever happened in the last 16 tournaments. We're talking with Rob Doster right now from the Field of 68. I want to go to Alabama. Nate Oates, I'm so intrigued by this guy. I love the style. I love the defense and, of course, the offense. You either get to the 10 and you're getting a layup or a dunk or you're shooting three-pointers. This style that we've seen in the NBA, how much deeper it can come into the college game. And getting past Iona, Patino's boys lasted more than 15 seconds in that one, but then the blitz that they had against Maryland in the second round. Just how good this Alabama team is, and is this the future of college basketball, the way Oates' team plays? <laughs>
1: Uh, first and foremost, like the the Patino slander that you got, they're very, very well. <laughs> like I don't know look. if anybody picked that up, but I, I, I wow, <laughs> coming out left field, man. I'm trying to stay focused. What was, what was the question again?
3: NATO, the, just this team, Nato, a Nato, how, Nato. how good they are, and secondly, are a lot of people? Is this going to become a copycat kind of system?
1: Um, I don't think that it will be uh, because it's not like he's doing anything unique. He's just overemphasizing the stuff that we all know is true mm-hmm. now. Um, the thing about college basketball is that it's still very much a sport where you don't have to play the modern style to be able to win. Um, and the reason is because the, the reason why the modern style works in the NBA is because there's a certain number of guys like an Anthony Davis or like a LeBron James or like a Evan Mobley eventually that are able to be those kind of like small ball fives, like a, like a Draymond Green, like a Bam Adebayo. And those guys don't stay in college for very long. And when they are in college, they're still very raw and very early in their development. Uh, so, you can win with low-post players, assuming that they're able to at least be semi-functional out on the perimeter. Uh, so, I don't necessarily think that this is going to be the only style the teams play. Um, I mean, even look at Gonzaga. Gonzaga, over the years, has been uh, really, really heavy uh, in terms of post-ups. Uh, right now, their best player, in terms of like numbers, is Drew Timmy. Drew Timmy's a low-post player. So, you can still win by throwing the ball into the post in, in college, but... Uh, you've got to be able to do more than just that. And, um, and I, I mean, I think that uh, that like what, what Alabama is doing is overemphasizing it to the extreme. So I think it's really going to be interesting to see what happens against Michigan because Michigan is very much a team that runs, like if they play Michigan, that runs a whole bunch of sets, that throws the ball into Hunter Dickinson in the post, that plays a little bit of a throwback style now that Isaiah Livers isn't there. So. Uh, That matchup matchup will be fascinating to me if it ends up happening.
2: Yeah, Wagner's playing very, very well. He needed to step up, and he certainly has. So I want to go to the Midwest with you, Rob. Um, There was a lot of folks that didn't think Syracuse deserved to be in the tournament, and if they were in, they've got to be in the first four. They found themselves uh, away from that. They get an 11 seed, taking advantage of it. Now, I thought Rutgers let Houston off the hook, but I'm – kind of infatuated by this Syracuse story. You know, it's, it's father-son, I mean, what a, what a remarkable uh, memory that these two are creating. Uh, was Syracuse, is, is, did this validate the selection committee putting them in? I mean, they're in the Sweet 16, and can they get out of the Midwest, in your
1: mind? Uh, I think that they can, because the reason why they win is that they're able to play that zone, and no one knows what to do against the zone. You know, it's like it's the first time anyone's ever played against it. And part of the reason I think they struggle a little bit in ACC play is that everybody knows what's coming and they're used to it and they've mm. seen it and they practice against it and they prepare for it and, and they understand exactly what you have to do. But, I mean, a lot of other teams don't. And the thing about the Syracuse zone is it's different than other zones um, that teams play in the sense that uh, they, they 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 bring their wings higher, they don't uh, defend the, the the high post at all. They kind of allow that like foul line area to be theirs if you want it. If you want to keep shooting 8-foot jumpers, you can shoot 8-foot jumpers all game long. They're going to hope that you miss them. Um, and that's different. It's, it's different than the other ways that people play it, so I don't think the teams are used to seeing it. And, and honestly, like just playing against the zone completely takes you out of the rhythm that you're used to playing it, because you have to run different kinds of offense. You play different ways. Ball screens don't work as effectively. It's, just, it, it's different. Teams are not used to it. And I think that that Combined with the fact that, like Buddy Bayheim and Joe Girard, just happened to go off uh, once we got to March, that that's that's why you're seeing um, Syracuse make this run. I, I honestly think it's just as simple as that.
3: All right, Rob. Uh, here on the local front, I got a question for you. I, I gave you a heads up. There is a report from your old colleague Travis Hines at the Des Moines Register about Kyle Green, the UNI assistant possibly being a candidate for T.J. Otzelberger's staff at Iowa State. The connection, of course, his son, A.J., either the decision to go with him if you take that Iowa State job, enter the transfer portal, or, of course, what Panther fans are hoping, stay there. If A.J. Green would go into the transfer portal, how highly regarded is he after the injury-plagued season that he had was able just to play three games this year? He's a guy that put his name in the NBA draft stock a year ago, how is A.J. Green looked at here in that landscape, and if it would happen, how highly regarded would he be?
1: Very highly regarded. Um, I think that if he wanted to go and transfer somewhere bigger than Iowa State, that he would very much have the opportunity to do so. I think that if he decided that he wanted to go to the NBA, to go to professional ranks, he would have options. I'm not saying that he would be drafted. I'm not saying he would be a first-round pick. But there would be a place for him to play professional basketball somewhere on this planet. Um, and get paid a, a decent amount of money to do it. Like he's he's a really really good player. So um, if you're a, a an Iowa State fan, I think that you are sitting here hoping that it's something that does happen and something that does come to fruition. Because if you can get a player like that on your roster right away, that's going to help anybody.
2: Yeah, certainly certainly would and be uh, remains to be seen if uh, if indeed a pops gets the uh, gig with Otzelberger. Well, just let's finish on that. TJ Otzelberger, uh, just your take on the hiring at Iowa State.
1: I thought it was the obvious move to make. Um, you know, TJ wasn't great at UNLV, but also he was there for, I believe, just two years. So he didn't really have a chance to kind of set his, uh, get, get his program and get his guys and and, and get the, get his system, um, established. Uh, and he was awesome at South Dakota State. Like they they had some of the best years that we've ever seen, um, out of South Dakota State and out of the majors, uh, when he was there. So I don't think that it's, um, it's necessarily a fluke. Uh, that that he got the yes it, he he inherited mike Dom. Yep. um, but he still had a ton of success while he was there, so uh i'm I'm a fan, I think that he's gonna do well there, um I know that he is well liked by the people that that kind of make some of the uh decisions within that university and that athletic department, so um will I'll tell you this much. Uh, I don't think that he's going to go winless in the 12th, um, and, and that's that's a good place to start.
2: No doubt about it. I'm anxious to see what that roster looks like. Uh, good stuff. Uh, Rob Doster, Field of 68. Follow them. Uh, there's content. Him and Goodman are a bunch of college basketball minds on your Twitter feed. Thank you, Rob Doster. Appreciate you coming on.
1: Always a pleasure, guys. Take care.
2: Good to talk to you. Rob Doster, Field of com. I, I get the T.J. Hire. Mm-hmm. I'm, you know, I didn't like the way necessarily – Not nothing to do with TJ. No, we all knew it was going to be. It's just the kind of the way that it was. Yeah, handled a little bit that I think got me bad taste in my mouth. I, I get T.J. Jonzeberger. I think it's a I think it's the right guy for the right spot. It
3: makes sense. Yes, absolutely does. But it didn't feel like it was actual a search. No, it wasn't. It, this guy was the replacement, right? And that's fine. Tell us that. Yeah, and tell us that. Right. And I think we were both in the same spot
2: there. Yeah, I think he tried to you know pull the wool over the entire right. fan base. I get the hire. It makes sense. The guy can recruit his you know what off. He gets Kyle Green. Minnesota opens up, mm-hmm. right? Let's say Kyle Green was on the staff. Suggs is coming to Ames by any means. But it's it's a good hire, if indeed that's the way it goes.
3: And then, if AJ comes... That is a... Well, he was a top 100 player in both... CBS's list coming into the year mm-hmm. and Rob Toster's list coming into the year. We're not talking about just some schlub here or I oh, he put up nice numbers in the MVC. This is a 6'4 point guard that it was on NBA rosters after his freshman year right. playing in the Missouri Valley. Right. Look at what happened to you and I when they didn't have him. After winning the regular season title during his freshman campaign, this year they're playing in the opening round of the MVC tournament. We shall see. Something to watch. Look, it's no guarantee that... Uh, that uh Coach Green's going to coach on TJ's staff. I'm gonna guess though if Heinz put pen this article, I'm getting very close to crossing a T and dotting an I and finishing that. Thing Do you out. remember? It was funny. Um, you go back when TJ was still here, mm-hmm. and
2: there would be some news made on Hoiberg's by on Hoiberg's team, mm-hmm. and there would be a something that they wanted to the media. It would be, a t- and I don't know this for sure, but Chris and and, and Hines got the information at the exact same time. <laughs> Who could tweet
3: it out first?
2: Well, yeah, or they're, they're, because this at the time assistant coach didn't want to play favorites. Uh-huh. It was kind of a group text to those two. That guy's come out. Of that assistant coach that I believe was the is their air air quotes source. Mm-hmm. It's come a long way. Yeah, yeah. Mary got three kids. Just moved back to Ames, by the way. Uh, Miller & Condon, 1460 KX01. and 01. Affiliate products available in every
3: state. Washer Systems of Iowa, blasting grime and saving you time. At Washer Systems of Iowa, we have an experienced factory-trained service department and will work on any American-made pressure washer. Washer Systems of Iowa features Mighty M Industrial Pressure Washers. Built in Iowa, number one in Iowa. Visit their showroom at 6050 Northeast 14th Street in Des Moines or you can find them online at washersystems.coyers.com
1: If you want to work in a field with opportunities, Wolf Construction might be the place for you. Wolf Construction is looking for framing and trim carpenters of all skill levels. We are looking for people who will plan well, choose to be a positive influence, and choose to put teammates ahead of themselves. We offer competitive wages, health insurance, PTO and paid holidays, a matching 401k plan, and much more. If you're interested in learning more, go to wolfconstruction.net and click Click on the now hiring button. Be a part of a team for life.
0: Ken Miller, Trent Condon, Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM, this is KXNO. All
2: right, final couple of minutes, Miller and Condon, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM. Another night without college basketball.
3: Men's college basketball won't uh, what? CBI championship game Oh, tonight. you let us down the wrong path
2: yesterday. I Trent. did not.
3: I, I read both of those games correctly. Both those games, seriously, uh-huh. really upset me. I, I And some of our listeners who jumped on board. Coastal Carolina is a 76% free throw shooting As team. As a team. They shoot 50% from the line, including 14 missed free throws. Hmm. They won by five. Mm -hmm. How do we? they were favored by six and a half. Okay, that was a stinger. How about Bellarmine? Right, I'm getting five. Feeling great. They're up nine at the half. They're up double digits most of the second, and then they collapsed. Pepperdine went on a twenty to two run. So you feel you are on the right side. Both of them. Both those games. I read them right. Well, you can't win every night, but can you right. win tonight? I think as importantly as anything. I have two plays tonight. Of course you do. I am uh, going back with the Chanticleers. Mm-hmm. We're going to jump aboard. We're going to lay the points with them again tonight. They have to play again? Oh, they won. Yeah, they yeah. didn't cover. Right. Against Pepperdine. And uh, the Iowa State women... Are just a two and a half point dog to Texas A and M. Texas A and M really struggled against. So the where 15th are you finding seat. that? Because DraftKings was just posting money lines. They, they were yesterday. I found this one at oh Fanduel. Okay, Fanduel had the actual lines for the women's game. I uh, grabbed the four and a half with Kentucky on top of it yesterday. That didn't go very well against Iowa. I'm fading the state of Iowa again. Oh, I'm playing no. the two and a half with A and M. Worked yesterday. It didn't, because I had Kentucky. They didn't cover. Iowa club. No, that's oh, true. Oh, but, you, but the Hawks The, the Hawk kiss of our. death is what you're right, saying here. Right, right. What are the limits on women's
2: games? Any idea? Betting limits? I don't hit those limits. No, I know, Ken. but you, would you know what that would be? I would think
3: they'd be really low, right? Depends on what really low. Could you get a couple grand down, maybe? Mm. Could you get 10? No. You'd have to know somebody in Vegas right. to have that, probably.
2: All right, uh, Murph and Andy, you won. The Fanatics will be in here at three. Morning Rush kicks it off tomorrow at six a.m. We're Miller and Condon weekdays ten to noon on Des Moines Sports Station fourteen sixty KXNO and one hundred six point three FM.